Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive writer for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and the East Bay Times in Walnut Creek. And I edit and publish theweeklydriver.com. My co-host and I think almost 25-year friend now is Bruce Aldrich. And today we have on Chris Lane, who is the Chief Marketing Officer of Airfield Supply Company in San Jose. And uh, they're celebrating, it's celebrating its 10th anniversary. And they've got a very unusual circumstance. Um, It's a marijuana uh, dispensary, but one of the unusual things and how it ties into the automotive world is they have now decided to have a fleet of Teslas to conduct business. And so, Chris, um, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for, we had a little technical problem earlier, but thanks for being with us and we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to be here. Great. Uh, Chris, can you give us an overview, if you would, about the decision that you made um, with your business in San Jose, I believe, to get uh, Teslas and to make that work uh, as an efficient way to conduct your business and and being an an unusual business? Yeah. So the uh, yeah. So Airfield Supply Company. We are a a vertically integrated uh, cannabis business in right in the middle of San Jose, uh, eleven ninety Coleman Avenue. Yes, um, right so in the heart right, of San Jose. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like mm-hmm. literally right next to the uh, the airport. Hence the um, hence hence a bit of the name. But yes. Um, yeah. When we so we we are a ten year old business as you mentioned. We moved into this current location in twenty fifteen, um, and you know as we've scaled, we we're a large volume. Uh, business, in fact, um, one of the largest volume dispensaries in California at about 1,500 people a day um, going through the through transactions there. Um, and, you know, as we've continued to scale our business, we uh, as a as more of a boutique sort of stylized brand and one that's very focused on a, a high engagement, high sort of concept shopping experience that's very welcoming, um, you know, feels like you're shopping at a Nordstrom or Sephora or, um, you know, sort of a boutique kind of feel. Um you know, we constantly are looking at how we scale our business. How do we scale to online more effectively? And what does our online business look like? How do, how do people shop online in, a, in, in that kind of environment? And then, of course, in delivery and direct to consumer and, and all of the trends that have been happening so much, you know, as, as we um, have looked at scaling our delivery business, uh, which we launched several years ago, um, but really, of course, over the last year have, have, have exploded the growth on, um, you know, we thought about what that what that business was. What was the, the the essence of it? How do we bring our brand values, our customer experience first, and aesthetically driven but yet welcoming feeling to it? Um, and we started to look at our fleet. Uh, you know, at first we had traditional vehicles, um, mostly focused on hybrids, Priuses, um, and other ones that you know allowed us efficiency because um, uh, certainly you know you're on the road 12, 13 hours a day with these delivery vehicles. You want to make sure you're you're being as efficient as possible. But um, when we really started to scale and kind of take a step back um, is when the idea of, of electric vehicles came into play. Um, and for us, it was it was all about two pieces, uh, the business and the brand. Um, from the business side, there's the cost of vehicles. Um, there's fleet management. There are, uh, you know, are there potential benefits to a kind of choice of a vehicle that you take? Um, and then on the brand side, you know, there's there's the aesthetic. Right. What does an airfield delivery vehicle look like? If you were to have someone pull up, how would you feel like it's a little bit of our brand at your front door? Um, and as well as, you know, a core piece of our brand is around sustainability. 
um, and looking at how do we manifest that in this experience. And so then the second part of it was looking at the brand. Um, we have an aesthetic that we're very proud of that we spend a lot of time developing around our, our ethos and our positioning and our values. Um, and, uh, and we wanted to manifest that appropriately in a delivery fleet. Um, and at the same time, we also have as a part of our brand a very large commitment to sustainability. Um, which we can talk about a little bit more, but in cannabis, sustainability is a very challenging concept. And so anywhere we can, we want to bring the best approach to that possible. Um, and so we looked at a variety of different options, uh, you know, Nissans, Chevys, BMWs, um, and ultimately Teslas uh, were the choice that we made um, for a couple of different reasons. Um, but, you know, aesthetically, it aligns perfectly to what we are looking at of a forward thinking brand. Um, you know, that feels a little more high end, um, but is is approachable and interesting and, and, and creates a conversation, which is something that we love and something that's really important in the cannabis industry is just getting people talking and understanding because it is such a new industry and it's got um, a lot of unknown and a lot of miseducation and, and a lot of education to be done in general. And so we want to we want to create that. Um, and then from the business side, you know, the cost is was right on. In fact, it came in better than than some of those other brands. Um, the fleet management approach is absolutely fantastic. Um, our ability to install chargers, uh, specifically with Tesla, and the ability to then tap into superchargers um, that keep us on the road constantly. Um, then, of course, you know the benefits from credits uh, for purchasing this route are certainly nice. But um, for us, you know, it's it's the cost, the efficiency, the quality, and the brand um, is what made us decide on this and and kind of set off on this path. Uh yeah, I Chris, see. It's, Bruce it's, has a, a, it's a good look. I mean, you know, a Tesla showing up that, you know, you don't want to see an old 63 microbus uh, <laughs> flower power or something. But it, so it's a good look, as you say. But I'm interested in the fleet end of it. So like power, do you guys have your own solar panels in or do you, are you using Elon Musk chargers or whose chargers? How does that all work? Yeah, so we have um, we have level two chargers uh, that we installed. I believe we have six of them now. Um, so we have six, six uh, model threes that we're currently running, um, uh, in our fleet. And so we installed those, um, a little bit after we kind of started scaling. I mean, we've really, one of the interesting things about the evolution of this was sort of the, the progression of it. Right. And this all really, especially, uh, sort of exploded around COVID, um, with everything, uh, you know, the shelter in place order that went in place in the Santa Clara County, um, our delivery business skyrocketed overnight. Um, we'd always been kind of planning, to 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 scale it aggressively, um, but it really just sort of uh, poured the gas on the fire, if you will. Um, and so we went from you know from having uh, you know a modest delivery business that was doing a good job, but really being supported mostly by our e-commerce pickup and brick and mortar, um, to delivery really you know playing playing that third piece in the band um, strongly. And so uh, we quickly you know we I believe we had one uh, or two at the very beginning, and then we grabbed another, and then we grabbed another, and then we grabbed another, and then all of a sudden we have six. Um, you know, in addition to our other, uh, you know, sort of uh, hybrid vehicles and other things there. And so um, as we did that, we've had to sort of work on the fleet management side of it. And so, yeah, we installed uh, level two chargers, um, which obviously there's the infrastructure side of that that has to go along with it. You know, most places aren't aren't necessarily plug and play for installing uh, large scale chargers that, you know, aren't, aren't inexpensive. Um, but then we also have the benefit, of course, of, of you know, the, the actual superchargers being everywhere in Silicon Valley. So, 
if we ever need to get on the road and stay on the road, that was a huge piece for us to be able to tap right in. Bruce, I know you have a few more questions. Uh, go oh, go no, for it. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say um, a couple things, quick things come to mind. Um, the drivers uh, who you employ, um, did they have to have any special training? And, and how long are they on there? Uh, during a shift, if, they, if, they, if you call them shifts, are they, are they traveling enough that they would be required to recharge during their, their work day? Uh, what kind of experience uh, do you have in that area? And I know that you've crunched some numbers that I saw. So part A is how, how long are the drivers on the road? Do they recharge? And, and part B, what's the math involved? How, how have you saved money? Yeah, so um, on, the, on the part A side, the, the process of, of getting a vehicle on the road is, in fact, quite a, um, quite a cumbersome one in the cannabis industry. Um, you have to, it's not, it's not simply as, as quick as, you know, buying, buying the car, having it show up, uh, and then, and then you throw some stuff in the back seat and you get going. So that is, uh, yeah. uh, while it, uh, while it is that easy for the car, there's certainly a lot more involved in it there. So, um, there's, there's driver training that has to be done for everyone on vehicles. Um, but there's also a lot of requirements, uh, at the state and city level that we need to do, including installing cameras in the cars, installing secure um, storage containers for the products while they're out on transit. Um, there's limits to the amount of product that can go inside a car at any given time. Um, you know, you have to have a driver that's specially badged by the city and approved to be a driver for a car. There's, you know, a lot of different things like that that play into the logistics, um, which in fact is another reason Teslas are really interesting is, you know, like with a traditional car, um, well, you have to have, uh, you have to have a camera running the entire time recording that your car is out from the moment it leaves uh, or the moment someone gets in it, you know, to the moment that it's back. Um, and so to do that with a traditional car, as you can imagine, right, that's, you know, it's got to be plugged into the to the outlet. And if you turn the battery off, that could turn the camera off. So you have to have like backup uh, batteries and all these different things. <coughs> Excuse me. Because yes. of the Tesla and the way it's built, um, that's not a problem. Uh, we still have backup batteries just in case. But, you know, those are those are like legal requirements that the Tesla actually makes your life a lot easier for it. So there's a lot of interesting stuff like that that I can nerd out on for days. Um, <laughs> but we, uh, but yeah, drivers are, you know, we put them through training. They have to they have good understanding of that. And then when they're out on the road, again, like I mentioned, there's, there's limits to how much they can do. So it really depends mostly um, on one, what's the order flow that's coming in throughout a day and in a, in a specific chunk of time. Two, how do those orders compose themselves into, uh, into the limit for what can be in the vehicle. Um, and then three is obviously the functionality of that, right? The mapping of what we're trying to accomplish here. For us, it's all about efficiency. So we have a lot of systems on the e-commerce and delivery side of things that allow us to um, plan out routes, plan out strategies that get drivers out on the road, maximizing their time doing deliveries and returning back um, to the depot so that they can stock back up um, and get back out on the road again. So you know, it could just depending on the day and depending on the time, it could be as simple as, you know, uh, five, 10 deliveries all dropped within a one mile square radius of the depot, or it could be going out to the edges of our delivery ranges. I'm um, going from there. So it really, it really does, um, you know, kind of depend on the day and depend on the flow. Obviously, weekends are a lot busier. And so we get people going in different ways. But we try to constantly optimize our our logistics management. We use OnFleet for logistics management for a lot of these things. Um, so that we're we're really smartly developing routes so that drivers are not just going from one corner of the Bay Area to the other, back to the other, back to the other. And with a fleet, you know, the size of uh, 11, 12 cars, 
we have the ability to be dividing up where people are spending their time to be much more effective. Sure. Hey, Chris, what uh, Tesla models do you have? The threes, but which ones are they? Um, you know, that's a good question. I think we might have a couple of different ones because of our sort of um, grabbing them over the course of, uh, well, not just the pandemic, but over the course of the year, I think we've grabbed a few different models, but let me, um, I can, I can grab the actual names. And, I was just and curious. And can, I, I, I yeah, suppose I they're, they're just the two motor or the, they have a two motor one, you know, all wheel drive or, uh, the rear wheel drive only. I just curious which years were. I think, yeah. I believe we have the two motor ones, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to quote on that one. I gotta, oh, I'll, okay. I'm pinging our, I'm pinging our fleet manager as we talk. The other <laughs> thing that came to mind for me, and I, you kind of answered it without me asking the question is that. With uh, the business that you're in, the cannabis business, and um, Tesla's, you know, become mainstream on some levels, but it's still a very unique car. And the combination of you having them as delivery vehicles is unique. Did you guys ever consider, or would it be breaking um, any kind of rules or just your brand to to promote the fact that you're delivering cannabis uh, in in a Tesla? Could there be some clever marketing that might be on the vehicle, or is that not part of uh, anything that you guys would consider. It seems like a natural to me, but maybe it's just the wrong thing to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, for us, we, we talk about it all the time. There are some regulation-based things um, that, you know, it needs to be unmarked. Uh, oh, it mainly, does, okay. But, mm-hmm. we, um, but there is, you know, there's always there's always interesting ways around that, especially as a, as a marketing person, I'm always always looking for the, the appropriately okay angle to yes. bend the rules. But yes. <laughs> You know, it, for us, it, in a lot of ways, that comes down to the aesthetic part of it, too. Um, cannabis is is still a it's a new consumer industry, right? I mean, people are purchasing it, yes. um, obviously, you know, based on the statistics and based on the, the scale and growth, we can see that, you know, most people are are comfortable with it, you know, in a casual sense or, or just in the fact that it exists. But, you know, there's still a it's still a growing world around what it is. So we, you know, strategically made the decision to to underplay it. Um, really let the the aesthetic speak for the brand rather than bring the brand to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, if it pulls up to your front door, it could be, you know, anything, any kind of good. Um, but whatever that good is, it's interesting. Uh, you know that it's coming from a brand that's there. And it's almost like a if you know, you know kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, so we kind of, we kind of like to play it a little more understated like that. Same with the way that we, you know, we have our drivers um, in team in uniform. Uh, you know, we like to keep it subtle clean, simple. We want it to feel like an effective service that that's simply, you know, providing you something to make your day a little more fun um, right. or help you pain or help you relax or sleep at night. Sure. Yeah. Do you know what's going to happen with the batteries? Um, I'm seeing that the uh, the warranty is eight years on the batteries. Do you know what what will happen to your batteries or do you just lease the vehicles and they'll be gone or do, will it be a problem uh, for you guys? No, I mean, we do purchase. Um, and I know eight years and, and to be honest, we've had this discussion a few times and uh, often the, the the statement more in our mind is could we even get to eight years with a vehicle um, rather than uh, rather than what will happen at there just because inevitably in a in a super high volume delivery industry, I mean, we you know, we've we've invested in these as long term solutions, but uh, eight years from now is, you know, is literally like 300 years in, sure. uh, in the world of cannabis, they'll be uh, so. You'll be using yeah, drone. You know, you'll be using drones be, by then. Yeah, I was gonna say autonomous drone delivery and supplemental with with Tesla. So, um, you know, I don't think it's something we're we're 
wholeheartedly concerned with. You know, we're about a year, year and a half, two in on some of our earlier vehicles. Um, and they're still holding up, obviously, fantastic. So we're not, you know, we're certainly not concerned about anything in the immediate near or midterm. But, um, you know, as we get there, I think it'll it'll be an interesting discussion as we continue to evolve. I have a couple of quick follow-ups um, to that. You know, a, a couple of years ago now, I uh, it's been a long time since I knew anything about marijuana, basically in college days, which was a long time ago. I know nothing about it moving forward until I watched Magic Mountain, the, you know, the Netflix documentary. I, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, up in Northern yes. California. Murder Mountain. Murder, Murder Mountain. And that's right, yeah. Murder Mountain. And that's that's in my mind still because it was just so um, eye-opening that that kind of thing was happening in our own state, which it was just wild. So uh, where am I going with this is that if uh, if your delivery driver knocks on somebody's door, uh, they're expecting the delivery. Um, if, if the person uh, is a, f- a first-time recipient of their prescription or whatever they're getting the marijuana for, uh, cannabis for, have they had uh, have the drivers come back and said you should have you should have been there when I when the person opened the door and they saw Tesla out front? Have the drivers come back with any fun stories to be a little lighthearted here? But there must have been some reaction. Um, with the Tesla showing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I I'd say that probably happens at least once a day. Yeah. Um, you know, someone's like, is that a Tesla? And you're like, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's great. It's efficient. It's sustainable. It, you know, it kind of a, achieves all the things we believe in. Um, but yeah, it is, it's certainly a talking piece. Um, you know, it is to your, to your point the the cannabis industry and, and consumer cannabis industry is so new and so, um, everyone is learning. I, I always say that, you know, one of the most fun things about working in cannabis is that every time you do something, it's usually the first time it's ever been done. Um, and so for us, we, uh, you know, we hear a lot of stories like that of, of people loving it. And it's just a good conversation piece. Even at, at airfield, our, our, our retail headquarters, when you pull in, you know, there's the line of chargers, um, all the way down the one side. And, uh, you know, and you're like, wow, there's like six Teslas charging right there. That, <laughs> that's, that's, kind of a, that's kind of a cool aesthetic, you know? Um, yeah. Bruce? Do you think the updates are going to be good for you or do you know much about it? The car updates? Um, I know our team has been looking into them. I mean, I think they'll, I think they'll be good. I mean, our, our functionality with them is, is fairly straightforward. Um, you know, it's, it's mostly about local and, you know, it, it's semi-regional driving. So they're, you know that's all pretty straightforward. We are not um, we are not uh, auto driving kind of people. Uh, certainly, <laughs> given the given the industry and given a lot of the obligations, and you know we've got cameras in there that are connected to the police department. I mean, those are you know we've got we've got certain obligations to make sure that we are we are maintaining the vehicle appropriately um, and operating it appropriately. But um, you know, I think for us, we we're only really just starting to leverage some of the some of the technological side of things to it too, whether that's ho- hardware or software. Um, and some of that stuff we're really excited about, you know, our, if we could potentially tap into like the hardware cameras and not have to have these uh, secondary, very specific cameras and, and that could work, that'd be really helpful. If we can integrate our point of sale more effectively into the, you know, into the desktop or the, you know, the dashboard computers, like that would be really effective. So I think for us, you know, we're we're only scratching the surface. So anytime something interesting comes out. We're, we're all there for it, but we're usually a little bit behind it because of the nature of the business and how we have to operate. Chris, uh, in a couple of different areas, uh, how far uh, does your business extend? Can you go 
did he go outside of the county? Uh, is there, are there restrictions? And uh, maybe does the guy go down to the Monterey Peninsula or come up toward where we are in Sacramento? Or how far are you delivering? Yeah, so our, our map is, is um, legally, you are allowed to deliver anywhere. Uh, uh-huh. Logistically, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah, you have, to, you have to be kind of strategic about what you're doing. If you have a license, your license you know, enables you to, to essentially deliver to anywhere within California. That being said, I'm, you know, going up to Sacramento or those kind of things a little bit far. Mostly we focus on the, the uh, San Jose, Lower East Bay and Peninsula areas um, as our core focus to what we look at. Um, you know, that's where we feel we can service. For us, it's also it's about customer service, right? We want to be able to get to you in a quick window. Um, and be effective as well as also have enough penetration in anywhere that we're going that it makes sense to send, uh, you know, send a car there. Okay. Um, so we try to have a strategy and we've, we've got a whole delivery map. I mean, we, you know, on the website that talks about, and it's very simple, you know, you put in your address and it says, yes, we do deliver here. Here's what, here's what zone it falls in and here's how it works. And here's the timeline and place your order and go from there. We try to keep it as smooth and, and clean in the, in the model as, you know, as a DoorDash or an Uber. Yeah. Uh, not knowing much about this at all, is the delivery price included in the purchase price of the product? Uh, it depends on where you are. So yes. if you're within the yeah, if you're within the, the the tier one region, so our largest by far largest region where we sort of centrally hub from. Yes, um, it is. There are you know there are delivery minimums yes. that are always necessary, which most brands have, just because inevitably you know sending a five dollar purchase you know. 20 miles away is not super business efficient. No, no, um, no, no, no. Yeah, but, gotcha. Um, but it's in there. And then, yeah, depending on how far you are, you are um, potentially there is a delivery fee that's included. Um, and then depending on if you're in some of those like fringe areas, there's certain areas that sort of straddle based on zip code. Um, you know, sometimes that, that may fall into tier one, may fall into tier two kind of thing. So it just, just depends a little bit. Um, but certainly for us, we always kind of look at it as, you know, this is a convenience fee. Um, if you're ever replacing one and that that fee is built on, you know, it's built on aesthetic, but also, you know, it, you, you can always stock up too. Gotcha. Um, you know, it doesn't cost you more to buy more. It just, you know, in fact, usually costs you less because there's a lot of interesting value adds as you as you, uh, you know, stock. Yes. Kind of two other two other things come to mind. You were talking earlier about you have the six Teslas, but you have more vehicles in your in your fleet and you have other deliveries vehicles as well. Yeah, we do. We've got um, a couple of traditional gas vehicles, and we've got a couple of um, a couple of Priuses as well um, that we've had that we we cycled through over the course of the years, um, and still have still have in fleet. And so, some of those had different roles within the business that have now shifted over as delivery scaled so fast. Um, but you know, looking forward, our delivery fleet is is certainly going to comprise more and more. Um, of these Model 3s are of various different things that kind of fit this aesthetic more. This is really the direction that we feel really good about. We feel like the investment um, is certainly recouped, um, you know, on a business level, on a brand level. And, and ultimately, you know, it, it, it's, it's what feels right for our customers. What are the drivers like, Chris? Do they scramble for the uh, Tesla in the morning or do they care? Oh, I, I mean, I, I, they'd probably say they don't, but I, nobody... Nobody feels bad hopping out in the Tesla. You know? <laughs> no, that's certainly true. Uh, yeah, it's, it's got, I mean, everyone kind of has to learn how to drive them, right? I think that was, I remember the first time I had driven one and you're just like, oh, wow, this is, this is a little bit different. Like it's sure. got a little bit more, 
But uh, but it's you know once you get into it, it's it's fun. Sure. Two yeah, other things fun. you mentioned early in the conversation too of that there are some restrictions on. I guess it would be the volume or how you carry the product. And are you also doing CBD products? And maybe you can cover some of those bases if, if you feel comfortable doing that. How much product can a, a driver carry in a vehicle? Yeah, so there are limitations. Um, and that is all built around, um, it's around dollars, if you want to think of it that way. So it's value. So that's either cash or products that are in there. Um, and so the, um, it's, yeah, it's built on that each it's set at a state level, but then each County has the ability to, um, to cut it down. So for us, that's $3,000 per car at any given time. Um, and so you can think of that as, as cannabis goods or as cash collected, obviously, um, you know, debit cards, contactless prepayment credit, all those things become more and more prevalent, which, um, are still challenges in the industry. Just having access to banking and, and processing is still a, a pretty big challenge. But yes, um, but that you know, as as the cash comes down, that that math makes it easier, right? If you're if you're doing a cash value trade off each time, it's a little tricky. But still, it doesn't really change because you got to leave with a certain amount of product. Um, and then from the uh, yes, from the the products that we carry, I mean, we we stock over 450 individual products. Um, everything from CBD topicals um, and non-THC products to THC products, you know, flowers and uh, vapes and edibles and all those kind of things. But we, as a as a business, our our focus is really on on helping people with products that that um, you know derive from the cannabis plant and for whatever you need them for. Um, whether that is medicinal things like sleep and pain, uh, you know, topical applications and aches. Whether that is um, you know, ingesting for the same kind of thing, sleeps and, and pain and topical, or whether it's creativity and social and, and, and you know, relaxation, um, especially during the pandemic. I mean, we saw edible sales spike because I think a lot of people are really stressed out. And cannabis is, uh, you know, can be for the right person, can be a great um, product to help you just relax a little bit more. And so um, we see people coming in for every kind of use. We get equal amounts of of athletes and artists, uh, as we like to say, I love it. And and all age groups. I mean, there there are people in their seventies and eighties using cannabis. I mean, that's probably pretty naive. I'm sure the answer is yes, but that's that's uh, of interest to me that older people, perhaps, are um, are seeing the benefits as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see. So it's it's twenty one and over. Yes. Um, to be able to to purchase cannabis in California and. We see everyone from 21 to to 101. Honestly, um, I mean there are in in so many different use cases at at every different level. Um, you know, we get people that are that are you know similar to what you said from yourself. They you know they enjoyed it in college or tried it in college, and that was kind of the extent of it. But now you know maybe they are uh, having trouble sleeping or they're wanting to relax a little more, um, and they go from there. And so we get people that are reintroducing themselves to it. We get. A lot of individuals who are um, get recommendations from friends and family to try it out for something, um, you know, whether that's they they don't want to use sleeping pills anymore, or they're you know they're having trouble with back pills or things like that, and they want to try alternatives uh, to people just wanting to relax. And you know, cannabis has really come such a long way as a product um, in what you can what you can do with it. And it's not that the plant has ever changed, but it's people's understanding of it. And the application of what you can do, social 
uh, you know, social low, um, low percentage tonics like beverages and those kind of things are a massively rising category. I'm a huge fan of those, you know, on a day when you just don't feel like you want to have a glass of wine, but you still just want to relax a little bit. And, a, you know, a nice, really, really, really low dose thing just tastes like a, a great beverage. You can have it on ice and, and feel like you've, you know, enjoyed a glass of wine, but you know, you're not putting alcohol in your system and that's, that's never a bad thing. So you just see so many different ways that people are using it from so many different backgrounds and so many different age groups that it is, it really is like a, a, a fascinating uniting thing, um, especially in a place like Silicon Valley, um, in the Bay area where, um, you have so many different people from so many different walks of life, uh, but they all sort of converge there and they're all, some of them are using it in the same ways and some are using it in different, but, but there really is just so many uses. Lots and lots of choices. Yes. Um, as you were saying, these, all these choices and the amounts are made not at the doorstep, but this is all pre-done either at a brick and mortar or over the phone or an internet, right? The delivery person just delivers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's not the, uh, what, what we like to call the, the ice cream truck model um, is not something that, that is in play. Yeah, that would be sort of going around. And even that, I mean, mobile, mobile sales and consumption is, uh, is a whole different discussion. But yeah, delivery is, is fulfillment. Um, so right, you're either, okay. I just wanted people to realize that if, if they didn't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's not like a guy shows up and opens a suitcase kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. <laughs> Doctor Feelgood. Doctor Feelgood. Yeah, those days have gone far. Um, they have gone away. Chris, without <laughs> we won't name any other companies, but I'm assuming that in, in the uh, vast San Jose, um, Silicon Valley area, that you might have competitors. Uh, and do you, by chance, know how many marijuana uh, cannabis distribute? Uh, uh, distribution areas there are businesses brick and mortar online are there hundreds yeah I mean throughout California there are there are hundreds um, you know frankly there are uh, you know we we even have a belief as someone with a you know an opinionated stake on where this is that there should be more yes. um, you know, popping up it is a local municipality situation you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things involved in getting getting to an approval and a brand that's able to be there so um, some, some areas have a lot, some areas have absolutely numb, uh, some have a few or some have different, different approaches. Some have delivery only licenses. So it's all based on the licenses and how many licenses a city will grant in a specific region or in a city. Um, and then how that populates and what those licenses are. So are they brick and mortar delivery, cultivation, production, what kind of license can it be outdoor cultivation, indoor cultivation? Do you have to grow it in a warehouse? You have, can you grow it outside? So there's a there's just a variety of things, um, and there's a lot of different brands, uh, you know, across the continuum. And it is such a young industry with such a um, such a large ramp to go up. Um, but something that's really you know it is really fascinating. I mean, we started out ten years ago uh, in another part of San Jose as a medical marijuana dispensary under a different brand, San Jose. Oh, sorry, South Bay Healing Center. Um, which, you know, was a, was a high aesthetic sort of pharmacy feel, right? And at that point, that's really what, what the industry could be. It needed to be very much medical. Um, it needed to be, you know, almost below the line in a lot of ways, uh, not trying to make too much attention. It was, it was, you know, early days and all this stuff. And then as that started scaling, uh, you know, brands, people were starting to think more that way. In my background, I come from, you know, large scale consumer brand and creative and advertising. And so, um, I actually, that's when I got involved with the business as a consultant five years ago, was working on the rebrand 
from South Bay Healing Center to what ultimately uh, became Airfield Supply Company with our CEO, Mark Matlich. Um, and we started to, you know, Mark had a really deep belief that that cannabis was going to become what it is now. It's going to become a consumer business, a consumer brand, um, you know, and he really wanted to, you know, to use the classic branding uh, sports quote, like skate to where the puck is going, as Wayne Gretzky always says. And so we wanted to build an aesthetic that matched that. And now there's a lot more brands out there, um, you know, in San Francisco, a couple others in San Jose, East Bay, a lot in L.A. and San Diego um, that are that are following suit and building more aesthetic, consumer driven, really value value oriented brands, value oriented in the sense of like brand values. And so it's exciting, but it really is, you know, it maybe is cannabis 3.0 in the eyes of the industry, but it is cannabis 1.0 in the eyes of the consumer still. So it's not now is really the beginning of what what makes it really fun and really exciting to be in it. Chris, that's perfect. That'll be a perfect, I like the 3.0 and the 1.0. That's a perfect way to, to wrap up our time today. Um, we appreciate it. Thanks for, again, for being patient with our technical issues, but Bruce, uh, my co-host here, he's a, like I said, he knows what he's doing. So we'll, it'll be clear and crisp and I'm putting a lot of pressure on him, but he'll, we'll, we'll be back with you with a link oh, to the I need a delivery. Yeah, I need a delivery. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get yeah. the link back to you for a great episode. We want to thank Chris Lane, the uh, chief marketing officer for Airfield Supply Company in San Jose and the wonderful part of their story with their Teslas. And uh, it's a whole new thing. So uh, Chris, thanks. Thanks for your time and explaining um, your business model to us. And it just, it just sounds really interesting. I would like to be on the recipient end and, and, or be in front of the house that gets a delivery for the first time and sees the Tesla. That would be, I like to take, you know, see that person's look on their face. That would be fun. But thanks again for your time, Chris, very much. Appreciate it. Thank uh, you, Chris. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate being on. And it's great. Okay. Good night. We'll be in Good touch. Time. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, Bye-bye.